This Torah lesson is dedicated to all those souls who are ready to have more clarity and shed the obstructions that are holding them back from recognising their own divinity. And it's particularly dedicated in love to Yehuda ben Esther and Kalman Rohen ben Fegi Tzipora. Why is the Torah called the middle line? The Kabbalah teaches us that the vessels with which we relate to the goodness of God, his light, are divided into two main categories, those of desiring to receive his goodness and those which desire to give to him and to each other and thus emulate his goodness and draw closer to him. These two functions of giving and of receiving are mutually opposite and in practice they tend to oppose each other, even seeking to dominate the other, each one maintaining that its way and its way alone constitutes the correct way to behave. We see this polarity mirrored in every facet of our lives, from the tension between the male and the female, to the polarity between political parties. But these two opposing elements can come to act in a harmonious manner, each contributing to and enhancing the other one's function. This of necessity involves a giving up in some way, a redirection, a change, in order to allow a new line to emerge, a middle line, which includes elements from both lines of behaviour and enables both functions to bring forth a new possibility of harmony and balance by acting in cooperation, changing a finite vessel for the light of God to an infinite channel of love for all. This pattern of the two lines, the line of receiving and the line of giving unconditionally, which eventually give rise to a harmonious resolution through the middle line, originates in the way the Sfirot, the most subtle vessels with which we receive the light of God within our soul, line up in the higher worlds. In the language of the Kabbalah, a vessel is a desire. Our basic desire to receive from the Creator is the nature that is embedded within us according to the purpose of creation. But since God is only giving and has no aspect of receiving at all, if we were to simply receive his light, we'll be estranged from him because we're acting in a way that is opposite in form to that of his attributes. Such opposition of form separates spiritual entities from each other in the same way that distance separates physical entities. So if we act according to our nature, wanting to just receive the light of God, it turns out that we won't actually be able to receive it because there's a change of form that exists between us and his light. And in the end, we end up feeling alienated and separated from the Creator. So we see that the vessels of the left-hand line, those of receiving, have a problem. Although the vessels of the left-hand line are the vessels for the most powerful light, the direct light of God, they're really unable to use it or pass it on. The right-hand line, on the other hand, consists of the vessels of giving. And whereas these vessels are in affinity of form with the Creator and not separated from God, nevertheless, if they function only on their own, 
they lack the light that God wants to give us according to the purpose of creation. So we can see that both lines have something to gain if they can come to a middle aspect. This middle line isn't a mathematical mean, but it represents a consciousness that combines elements of both functions, both those of giving and those of receiving. In bringing about the middle line, those vessels of receiving initially give back the light as returned light instead of simply accepting it. What does this mean for us? It means that we don't just act out. We don't simply react. We don't just take. But we make a stop for reflection and consideration. I once had the opportunity to learn Alexander Technique. It's a technique of relearning relatively simple functions of sitting, walking and posture. These are actions that we do instinctively. Yet it often happens that we're doing them in ways that don't give rise to a good use of the body. Have to make a stop. Not just acting on or reacting to the light as an automatic given, but first giving it back. This initial rejection of the light, termed a massach or a barrier, allows a new dynamic to be set up. By transforming their direction, the vessels for receiving can now become a gateway for the light of God, because they're receiving the light of God not because we want to take it for ourselves, but because we're receiving it only to be of service. This receiving the light only for the sake of giving enables it to shine forth for all of us, for all created beings. And when this middle line emerges, that of receiving for the sake of giving, we now see that the functions of both lines are fulfilled, those of receiving and those of giving, and are now united harmoniously. How do these three lines manifest in our own individual service to God? Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag taught on the functioning of these three lines in so many different ways, ranging from descriptions of how the Svirot line up in the different worlds to the advice he gave individual students on how to best serve God based on the tendency of their own individual personalities. Most of us actually have more of a tendency to egoism, which functions on the basis of receiving. The minority have a tendency to altruism, which is a tendency to be giving. Rabbi Baruch Shalom Ashlag, Rabbi Ashlag's firstborn son, also wrote much on these subjects. And here's a sort of rather free translation that I made of an essay that Rabbi Baruch Shalom wrote inspired by a discussion in the Zohar on what is the nature of the Torah with regard to these three lines. The right-hand line of giving, the left-hand line of receiving, and the middle line. Rabbi Baruch Shalom opens his discussion by looking at some sources taken from the Zohar. The Holy Zohar states, Rabbi Yehuda said the Torah was given from the side of Gvura. Rabbi Ossi said, but that would mean that the Torah is on the left-hand side. Rabbi Yehuda then said, but the Torah returned to the right-hand side, as tis written, 
At his right hand was a fiery law to them. But from the scripture, your right hand, O Lord, is mighty in power. We can see that the left hand line is included in the right hand line. And from the scripture, at his right hand was a fiery law to him, that the right hand line is also included in the left hand line. So, from all these different scriptures, we can see that the Torah is actually composed of the middle line because it has both the right-hand line and the left-hand line within it. To reinforce this, we see in the Zohar the following words. The scripture says, In the third month after the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, on this same day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. In this month, Oriel, the great ministering angel, reigns. Here, the Zohar is hinting at the middle line in the following way. The first month is the month of Nisan, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, and this month corresponds to the Sefirah of Chesed, which is the Sefirah for the right-hand line, the vessels of giving. The next month is the month of Iyal, which corresponds to the Sefirah of Gvura, the left-hand line in which the vessels of receiving are prominent in which the angel Gavriel reigns. And then the month of Sivan, the month in which the Torah is given, corresponds to the Sefirah of Tiferet, the middle line, when the angel Oriel reigns. Therefore the Zohar is telling us that the Sefirah that reigns in the month when the Torah is given is the Sefirah of Tiferet, which belongs in the middle line, which is wholeness. The Sefirah of Tiferet also relates to our father Yaakov, who is called Ishtam, a perfect man, a man of wholeness. The Torah was given on the third month to the people of the three aspects, Kohen, Levi and Israel, and which includes within it the spiritual levels of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And the Torah itself has three parts, Torah, prophets and writings, and it is all one. From all these sources in the Zohar, we can see that the Torah comes from the middle line, which is implied by the number three, as the middle line emerges from the right-hand line and the left-hand line. But then Rabbi Ashlag asks the most important question of all. How does this information help us with our inner work? We start our work in serving God by saying that first of all, a man needs to serve God by taking upon himself the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. What does this mean? To take upon ourselves the yoke of the kingdom of heaven means we need to allow our service of God to take a priority in our lives. We need to allow it to govern our feelings, our thoughts and actions and enable us to fulfil the mitzvot of the Torah in a practical way to the best of our ability. In order to do this, we need to learn Torah. But the first step is indeed to accept the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. For otherwise, whose Torah are we learning? So first of all, we need to believe in the giver of the Torah, and after that, we can fulfil the Torah.
The governance of the kingdom of heaven is designated as belonging to the world of Asiya. This is the lowest of the spiritual worlds and means actually doing the work. We need to take upon ourselves to act in accordance with faith in the Creator. Having faith means giving because it means acting according to a consciousness in which we don't get instant reward of knowledge or feeling or of experience. Faith is actually therefore a consciousness which is true giving and is in a greater affinity of form of the Creator than that of knowledge, which is a consciousness of receiving. But when we try to act in a way that's unconditionally giving, there's a side of ourselves, our ego, which wants to receive. And that wakes up and starts to ask us questions. Hey, why are you doing that? What reward will you get for it? So we need to answer this by saying, mm-hmm, yes, you're right, according to these parameters of knowledge, but that's not the whole story. I can act from a different consciousness altogether, from a consciousness where knowledge cannot even hope to touch. This is the consciousness of faith, where questions such as these don't even apply. The consciousness of faith is the consciousness of the right-hand side, the Svirav Chesed, the consciousness of loving-kindness, in which we give to God our faith that he supervises the world entirely from his goodness. And even though we may look over the world and have many questions, nevertheless, we need to rise above our questions, right up to our faith, and say, regarding the parameters of knowledge, rationale and logic, they have eyes, but they do not see. And instead of that, we give thanks and praises to the king and believe that God gives everybody only good. This is the consciousness of the right-hand line, of chesed. That is to say, to believe that the conduct of the world is through loving-kindness. And therefore, a person says every day, I will bless you. But within ourselves, there's also the evil inclination, the Sahara. And my father of blessed memory explained this from the language of Tzior, meaning depiction, that the evil inclination shows us a bad depiction on the way God runs the world. Not only that, but it depicts the service of God as being something lowly. When we fall into its trap, we fall into the state of consciousness which is described as the Shekhinah being in the dust. So how can we overcome ourselves and go to the right-hand side and say, only goodness and loving-kindness pursue me all the days of my life? It seems impossible. But the sages have assured us there is a solution to the Yetzirah and its negative depictions. The sages state in the Talmud, I created the evil inclination, I created the Torah as its healing spice. We find that our practice of the Torah has a purpose, that we should obtain through our study and practice a healing for our evil inclination, that through the Torah we will have it within our power to overcome our own evil and to go the way of chesed, of loving kindness, which is designated as being the right hand side the way of faith. From this perspective, 
It is thus possible to say that the Torah was given from the right-hand side. Because the Torah enables us to go the way of loving-kindness, the way of faith and of chesed. When we are acting in faith, we feel a sense of wholeness as we are now in affinity of form with the Creator. And then from Torah also comes wisdom. This is the aspect a person may come to after he's already come to the loving-kindness, to the chesed. This is the left-hand side of Torah because it's the vehicle for receiving the light of the Torah. When the consciousness is well established that despite what we see and hear, nevertheless we believe in God as conducting the world in the aspect of he is good and does good, then we merit the wisdom of the Torah to be given. As the Zohar says, the Torah came forth from wisdom. And now there's the consciousness of the revelation of the Torah's wisdom, which is the left-hand side. And once this has become manifest, we can now bring forth the middle line, in which the very wisdom of the Torah is clothed in the garment of loving-kindness. So at first, the phrase Torah Lishma, learning Torah for its own sake, refers to the request that we want to be able to study and practice the Torah for its own sake, so that through its study and practice we learn how to come to unconditional giving. We feel we're in exile under the governance of the evil inclination, so we need the Torah. We need to rely on what the sages have said when they stated, I created the Yetzirah, I created the Torah as its healing spice. And this is coming to Torah from its right-hand aspect, in which we're coming to loving-kindness only for the sake of giving. And when we've attained this, then we come to the second stage, in which God reveals to us the secrets of the Torah, because we already have faith in God that he is the giver, and that there is a reality of a giver in the world. And then we can actually come to receive the Torah from the hand of the giver. But our progress is not yet finished. There needs to come about this third state, in which we include the wisdom that we've received right into the right-hand side, into the side of love. For the Torah that comes forth from wisdom needs to be clothed in the light of loving-kindness, doing acts of kindness. Because although Torah is the aspect of wisdom, it is forbidden that a person's wisdom should be greater than his good deeds. As the sages have said in Pirkei Avot, in the Ethics of the Fathers, that one whose wisdom is greater than his good deeds, his wisdom will not survive. And therefore a person's Torah wisdom needs to be included in his good deeds and needs to be covered and wrapped by deeds of loving-kindness. And now we see that the full fulfilment of Torah, which is called wisdom and gives light, is actually the middle line because it's made up of both loving-kindness, chesed, and of gvura, and includes both of them. And then the words of the sages are true. The sages says, one who learns the Torah for its own sake merits many things. Pirkei Avot, chapter 6. Rabbi Meir says, Whoever practices the Torah for the Torah's own sake will merit many things. Not only that, 
but the whole world becomes worthwhile for him. He's called friend, beloved, lover of the one, a lover of all people, one who gives joy to God, one who gives joy to people. He's clothed in humility and in the fear of being separated from the Creator. He's fitted to be a tzaddik, a pious one, upright and faithful, keeping his fellow far from sin and bringing his fellow closer to the Creator. Others rejoice in his counsel and in his wisdom, in his understanding and his fortitude. As it is said, I have counsel and wisdom, I am understanding, I have fortitude. Sovereignty is given to him, governance and resource in judgment. Secrets of the Torah are revealed to him, and he becomes like an overflowing spring, like a river that does not cease. He is modest and long-suffering, forgiving those who insult him, and he is great and exalted over all God's created beings. This audio recording is brought to you from Nahorah School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahorah School online. Details at www.nahorahschool.com or www.nahorahpress.com.